Coming up on today's episode, we break down the Jets' loss to Dallas, a potential weak spot that's emerged. Plus, let's go blue! Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's get right into it here after a victorious weekend for the Blue Bombers back to back to back to back Grey Cups. That was the good part of the weekend. We got to talk about the bad part of the weekend, which was the Jets dropping that 3-2 decision to the Dallas Stars, but at least the uh, the boys in blue came through with their end of the bargain there. Um, so yeah, we'll get right into it here. Joining me once again, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, throwing up the dub right now for those that can't see, which is literally everyone listening right now. <laughs> How was the weekend, Tyson? Oh, it was fantastic. It was a, that was a great sports weekend, just in general. It was elite, like, yeah. Like yeah. football, yeah, NBA. And the, that, the NBA is like way down the totem pole there with their in-season tournament. But it's, yeah, it was just NHL, NFL, CFL playoffs, UFC pay-per-view. It was just a, it was an elite November sports weekend. Well, let me, let me bring this up since you touched on it there. Now that we've seen the first handful of games for the in-season tournament for the NBA, are you still on board with the NHL adopting something like this? Yeah, just because, like, I really, I honestly, like, don't notice a difference. No, that's the main thing. Like, it's, <laughs> no di- the only thing, the only thing is just, like, stop with the goofy courts. Yeah. The, like, the that's it. Weird, but... I, I still don't understand why they felt the need to do that. I, I I just whatever, but I think it'll take a while. I think in like five or ten years, people will look back and be like, "They like we love the in season tournament." I think I, the NHL's I, gonna. Yeah, it might take them a while, but I think they'll follow suit too. What do you think of if the, per, the team that wins the in season tournament just automatically gets a playoff spot? Oh, that is kind of juicy. <laughs> it's really stupid, but I also really like it. The players get a little bit of a bonus, a play, like a money bonus too, and a guaranteed playoff spot in that year's playoffs. Oh, man. That, that, <laughs> that team would play hard. Yeah, yeah. if you want to ensure that like competitive integrity is at the forefront there, that, that that's pretty wild. I don't know if I would go that far, but I, I do like the chaos that that would bring. <laughs> like to have... Like, could you imagine, say, like the the Sharks and the Blue Jackets find a way to make it through? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I wonder if teams would be like, "Well, let's just trade for a bunch of guys now." Yeah, I, I don't think you, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I think I think it's that, that's a funny idea. I think it's one of those things that like sounds good in practice, and then some awful team finds a way to do it, and then it's just like, "Oh wait, this this was an awful idea. We we should never do this again." Um, I just like the idea of the, I mean, I, I'm a big soccer guy and I know in Europe, it's like a very, very common practice and it can be a point of pride to, to win the in-season cup, especially if you're a team that hasn't had, you know, much to look forward to by the end of the year. So 
We'll see how it goes in the NBA. I think the NHL's missing out on it. We'll see if they uh, follow suit sometime in the near future. Uh, but good. Yeah. Glad to hear you had a good weekend. Mine was good, too, by the way, in case you were wondering. I know you never asked, but um, <laughs> actually, that's not true. It was it was a battle. It was it was it was actually busier than my normal week, um, mainly because it's market season um, here in the city. And by the way, I should mention this since, you know, some people apparently do listen. The big third bird market is. This upcoming, I guess, what is it? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that's 19, 20, 21, something like that. I don't know. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So make sure if you're heading down there, Wild Flurco. I know this is like the market for, for my wife's business, you know, <laughs> middle-aged men. But <laughs> tell you what, if you, if you want to surprise your wife with a beauty present, what better way to do so than with some floral resin art? So if you're heading down there, go to Wild Fleur Co. Tell them I sent you. I'll be intrigued to see if anybody actually follows through on that. But <laughs> at least I could say that I did my part and, you know, giving my wife a little extra business there. So we'll see where, we'll see where that and takes it, it, us. It's, it's the 17th, 18th, 19th. This, Thank you, this Tyson. Thank you. Yeah. Good job. I, I was a little off on that. But, uh, <laughs> I got to get my bird dog in. I got to get my bird dog. So why don't you help help me out here? We'll pay for my my Sunday sandwich bill. Um, Jet Stars. 3-2 loss for Winnipeg in this one. Now, I hadn't really thought of this as a potential talking point, Tyson. But you kind of brought this up off the cuff before we started. Before we get to the game itself, is it concerning that the Jets haven't beaten a quality club yet? And maybe quality club is... Is it a concern the Jets haven't beaten a upper echelon team just yet? Because looking at their schedule and who their victories have come against, Detroit? Detroit or Florida would be the two teams there. And then a lot of losses... I mean, they haven't really lost to any... Um, outside of the opener to Calgary, they haven't really lost to any poor teams. But is it concerning at all that they haven't found a way to beat the teams that a lot of people around the league would consider some of the best of the best? I mean, it definitely doesn't instill confidence. It's not a positive. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. Like, it's ideally you would want your team if you're competing for a Stanley Cup to win some of these games, but it's also still pretty early into the season. Any like that Detroit team, I could even see them being on par with like an LA team. So maybe that is your upper echelon. That's one of your upper echelon wins. But yeah, it's two losses to Vegas, an overtime loss to the Rangers. That one could you could go either way. So give them a give them some slack there. But yeah, then the one against Dallas, and it's just uh, to me, it seems like they struggle to find to kind of take momentum away from teams that are in that upper echelon in these games. Like there was a couple times where the stars would go on a power play and the Jets, they, they killed off a lot of the, those power plays, but Dallas was getting chances and they were still building confidence in the offensive zone off those chances. And I think that's where the Jets are just struggling right now. They're not able to, to kind of capitalize on those swings and momentum and, and take that swing back. And I think that's kind of just what's hurting them. Because you see, like, like even in the game against Dallas, those two goals come back back to back pretty quickly, and it's just boom, boom. You're down two zero, 
you're you're chasing the game for the rest of the for 45 minutes or whatever it was like or 35 yeah. minutes like that's... no no it, it, I, it it's kind of like i don't think it's a worrisome thing or anything like that or it's a sign that the season's going to be a, a, a dud i think it's just kind of a bit of a splash of cold water to the face like this is this is the reality for winnipeg right now right like they're third in the central just a step below some of the good teams and they're just ahead of the bad teams. And and that's, that's what this club is right now. And then they're trying to find a way to push into, you know, the Dallas's, the Colorado's. Uh, I mean, with the way Vancouver or the Vancouver's record so far this season, the Canucks, the Golden Knights too. The Jets haven't really been outclassed in any game, except for maybe, maybe when they go up against Vegas, but they, they, they've been competitive in, in every single game, I would say so far this season. So, I, I'm not overly concerned there. I just think it's this is this is what it is, right? Like the Jets need to find a way to be not only more consistent, um, but find the formula that you know the Vegas of the worlds do. I mean, what we saw with the Stars there, where it's like we're gonna kind of batten down the hatchets here. It's gonna be a physical, grindy, mucky affair, and we're not gonna give a whole lot to you the other way. And that's how the Stars closed that one out. That's how Vegas has closed them out against the Jets. I mean, the Rangers in a in a way too late in that game, kind of doing the old wily veteran. We're going to steal a couple of points from you. That that's just what's missing in in Winnipeg's game right now. That and the fact that their special teams is just killing them. It's yeah. just killing them. And if they had an average penalty kill at a power play, I mean, if they had average special teams. They're they're right up there at the top of the division standings wise, like n- like no doubt about it. So that that's the other frustrating part of it, and that second period too. There, taste like you mentioned the I mean the two nothing thing is obviously a big hole to climb from, but a shorthanded goal that shouldn't happen, and then a power play goal that's just too easy, giving up the middle of the ice there on on, on the PK, which we we just seen way too many times this season. That was it's, way. It's, Way too easy. That was like a bad pass to Perfetti. Perfetti made a bad decision after that, and then Shifley left the D zone way too. He was, he was trying to pick that puck up on the on the move, and that was a flyby. Yep. Yeah, you can't do that when you're one of the last people back. No, no. I mean, the shorty was ugly. The power play. It was a nice power play goal by the Stars, but again, like guys just left alone all out there in front. It's there was four guys there and like around the net, and no one touched them. Yeah. Nice yeah. pass, but still. Nice pass, but still. That that <laughs> I think that kind of describes the Jets' penalty kill this year. It's a nice pass, but still, like you got to do something to make it a little <laughs> bit harder on them there. Um, yeah. So I mean, again, like not not a not a terrible effort by the Jets by any means, but I think it's just look, they need to find a way to take that next step to meet up and and to match up with the Stars and the Avs and the Golden Knights, et cetera, et cetera. There. Um, you know, one thing I do wonder, Tyson, and, and maybe not on that power play goal, but again, maybe it could have helped. It was more so that first goal for the Stars. And I said at the top of the show, a potential weak spot for the Jets. And it would probably be in the roster construction mold. But on that first goal again a massive, massive failure to clear out the front of your net. I mean, just uh, the, the Stars win two or three battles there. Hellebuck makes a couple of nice stops, but they're still not able to, you know, clear the puck out and 
either take somebody out or clear the puck out of the zone. And then Dallas whips the puck around one, two cross ice, one timer opening the scoring for Dallas. There is, is size on the back end is a big old nasty brosif. Maybe the biggest issue for the jets right now on defense, especially if it's not going to come, you know, down the middle in the in the mold of a forward, you know, that, that could potentially help there. But is is somebody, especially because I see like Nikita Zadarov on the trade market, right? And not that he would be, you know, the one that might be the perfect fit for the Jets. But, you know, you, you watch him play with Calgary and you're like, yeah, that's that's an asset on a playoff team. Like that that's somebody that, that could definitely help out. I mean, regular season, but definitely when the playoffs come around. But then you see instances like that where you know Morrissey for all his for all his positives is never going to be somebody that can be a, a, a clear a, a crease clearer for you. And then DeMello obviously struggles with that in a big way. Like how how important is it that the Jets find somebody to 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 fill that role and, and to fix that net front issue, which is kind of increasingly becoming more and more severe each game as we move along here? Well, it, it's kind of weird, too, because the Jets have guys who should be able to play that kind of role, right? Like, they have Brendan Dillon, they have Dylan Sandberg, they have Logan Stanley, but even though they have guys who kind of fit that mold, they don't quite play that play style. And it, it definitely, like, if you could get a right-handed shot, like like Chris Tanev coming to be with Josh Morrissey on that right side, like, that would be a very very big help and then you can kind of move the mellow down and be more in a support role but yeah like if you could just it, you do just need it it's it's so cliche but you do still need size you need a guy who can who's still competent in his own end but when guys go to the front of the net they know that they're going to be getting cross-checked stick stick in the shins like they're it's going to be a battle night in night out and it's just too easy with the jets it's been too easy for the past like three years well it's interesting too because like Colorado emphasized that with the Manson trade during their cup run. Obviously, that paid off with them. But it's funny, too, because Colorado is a great example where their decor is like really small, one of the smaller ones in the league. But if you're going to be small, skate like the wind, and that, that could help you know mitigate some of those issues. And the Jets aren't necessarily like that. Tanev would be an interesting one. The only, Really, the only problem with Tanev is just that he'd be a rental. And so it's like it's, it, it solves the issue this year, but depending on what the price might be, do you want to go down that route? Maybe, maybe not. But and, and maybe it was because it was Morrissey DeMello out there for that specific goal, Tice, that kind of led me to go down that road where it's like, like you said, if if you could get somebody there. And I, I like a righty would be outstanding, but I think Morrissey can play his offside. I think you can find somebody that's a lefty to play the right side there. But if you got Morrissey, a partner like a Josh Manson, right? Or, or somebody in that mold that you feel comfortable playing with him up there. That does give you a lot of size on each of the pairings at the very least, because you could go mystery man, Morrissey, Dylan and Pionk. Well, whatever we'll deal with that, but Dylan's certainly more than capable with his size. And then Sandberg and DeMello as a supercharged third pairing there. Um, I think you'd feel a lot better about that specific issue, like the physicality issue uh, that the Jets have kind of struggled to face come playoff time. And look, I mean, Dallas exploited that. Vegas in a massive, massive way 
exploits that all the time. Colorado, if you face them, that's kind of a different beast altogether, right? But you're probably going to have to go through in the playoffs and, and maybe even round one, a Dallas, a Vegas, LA would certainly get to the net front pretty easily for them, right? I mean, Edmonton, if they can ever figure out their lives, right? Like it's it's going to be something that they're going to have to go up against come playoff time. And I, I, I just wonder if at this point it's gone from something that would be nice to have that's becoming a necessity for the Jets to, to try to find an outside replacement because I don't think there's anybody inside the organization that's going to fill that spot right now. Well, and clearly, like that's something that's been missing from this organization the past couple of years. So if you're if you're struggling in your own end in front of the net, and you have no internal options, you have no other option but to go out and make a move, and that's just the blue line just hasn't been addressed enough, and that's one of the most probably the most important part of constructing an NHL contender, and it's kind of just been ignored and hoped that we have guys progress and develop into these roles, and then we can kind of if we have to add someone at a deadline, like a three, number three or number four demon, then we can just do that. But now you have to get that guy. Now, if you really do want to contend. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you there. And it's also hard to ignore too. You know, you look at the past, everyone's going to do the Vegas thing, which, which is fair and how big Vegas was on the blue line. I think people kind of forget that Petrangelo and Theodore are, you know, pretty outstanding defenseman yeah. in their own right, whether they're six feet or six foot three, but you look at Tampa Bay, like, and it's true for them now, but even when they won their cups, their blue line was gigantic. Like McDonough was the, the run to the litter at like six, one, six, two. Like they, they had a monster defense core. Um, and you kind of go down the, the line. I mean, when Chicago was winning those cups again, Duncan Keith was their smallest defenseman. Duncan Keith is not a small defenseman. They they had some serious beef back there in Chicago. Then obviously in LA, I mean, those big bad Kings, the Bruins as well. Like it, you need skill on the blue line. I'm give me skill over size all the time. But I think at some point you do need a little bit of size to come in and, and help, help out the skill as much as you can there. So maybe uh, as we get closer, to the new year, maybe we'll take a look at some potential options that the Jets could go after realistically in a trade to bring in some defensive reinforcements as the, the club tries to make a playoff push during the regular season and then make a deep playoff run come postseason time as well. Um, other things that stood out from the game to you, Tyson, anything jump out? I mean, for me, the other one would be Cole Perfetti keeps on rolling. I think he's at 10 points in 14 games right now outstanding underlying numbers and the second or third line, whatever you want to call it is, has continued to look really, really good. But Perfetti's finding a way to consistently impact the score sheet seemingly almost every night now. And that slow start to the season, I think has gone completely out the wayside there. I thought Perfetti was uh, once again, another bright spot for the team. Um, Anything else jump out to you? Yeah, no, I like the way the Perfetti line was playing. Besides that shorthanded mishap there, really solid game by that line. The one thing that kind of stood out to me, and it's more so from this season so far, is like we mentioned, the, the team hasn't showed up against the upper echelon teams in the NHL. That means the top line hasn't either. And it just seems that there's you need your top guys to step up when you want to beat the top teams. And so we need to see that happen with this Jets team and 
know that they can go toe-to-toe with some of the league's best forward groups. And we've seen the Lowry line was winning a large majority of their board battles in that game. And that generating chances off those board battles. And it was just, it just wasn't, wasn't enough consistent play from that top line in the Ozone, I thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. I would also say with how they played the last two games, you can give them a night off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they, were, they were pretty good the other two games. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's not, especially when you got, I mean, one of, if not the best lines in all of hockey over there in Dallas with, with Robertson, Hinson, Pavelski, uh, you, you need them to come up there. And it was just a bit more of a quiet night from, from Shifley and company, as opposed to the two firework games uh, that led up to the Dallas stars contest there. Either way though, still in a good spot for the jets third, in the division, not that far away from the tops that, I mean, tied with Colorado after the Avs, the Avs, when the Avs lose, they lose and they lost a big time stinker to the blues, giving up an eight burger the other night. Uh, so, I mean, not too much damage done for the Winnipeg Jets. And I think I, I still feel pretty good about them finishing in that third spot in the central by the time the season comes to an end. Interesting too, Tyson, as we look ahead now, maybe interesting, I should say more so fortuitous for the Jets that they are in that central division and the Western conference as a whole, (laughs) because the jets have two upcoming matchups against some, well, I guess different expectations for both of these teams headed into the year, but some, some solid clubs out there in the East with the devils coming to town Tuesday and then Buffalo on Friday night. But the jets right now sitting in a tie for second, actually in the central division comfortably in a playoff spot do you want to guess off the top of your head where the jets would be in the eastern conference right now uh outside the wild card a, four, a four-way tie for ninth <laughs> <laughs> Woo! thank god for the central baby well even just like like watching some of the central division teams this year there is outside of the top three of the jets They're awful. stars and yeah it's it's crazy like they're really even the wild I, really, I'm really glad strong. you mentioned that. I just read an article. If you if, if you have the athletic, Michael Russo, I mean, you would you would think the Wild have had the same start that the Oilers have had to the season. <laughs> but people are pissed in Minnesota. Dean Evason called out Kaprizov and Boldy. I mean, not by name, but the reporter asked him about Kaprizov and Boldy, and then he went on a tangent about how their <laughs> top players aren't doing anything. So, I mean pretty easy to, to read between the lines there but well, it's they like got, they got smoked yesterday by dallas yeah that i don't know if you watch that. that i don't know if you watch that game at all but mark andre Fleury gives up eight in that one and he might have been the first star of the night <laughs> it, it was I, I i was just blown away at uh, minnesota is just like they are so out of it right now and that kind of like edmonton I, I got more faith that edmonton turned it around even though I think their organization is a complete clown show right now. But just watching Minnesota, like it, it's you, I, I don't know if they get this thing turned around. Like it just might be a year where they, where they just fall and they fall hard because it does not look like a, an easy fix is coming anytime soon in Minnesota. So only opens oh, well. <laughs> that Spurgeon just came back. So maybe that solidifies things, but who knows? It might it might be a cakewalk for 
top three in the Central Division. Well, I mean, the Jets have the Coyotes on Saturday night. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That might be their biggest competition. I know yeah. St. Louis is right there. I just, I, I'm not buying. Every time I've watched the Blues, they've been so horrific. <laughs> but then when I don't watch them, they go on these big winnings. So, like, I, my only, whenever I watch them, I'm just like, how does this team have any wins? And then they right there with the Jets right now. I mean, the um, Jets still have a little bit of midseason juice left to give. So, we'll see. Devils Tuesday night, Buffalo on Friday. I guess first that that Devils one, Tyson. I mean, pretty big, pretty big, massive, massive break for the Jets that that Jack Hughes is going to be out. Just kind of completely changes the equation about. I mean, the, the Devils are still great, but I mean Jack Hughes was playing probably the best hockey of any person on the planet, and <laughs> right up until he got hurt there. Yeah, he was early runner, runner or front runner for MVP. And then you add into that Nico Heischer is possibly going to be out for the game too. Like without their top two centers, that's going to be, that's a game where the Jets have to take advantage of. And I think that's a team too, where you can kind of give the Jets could kind of play some, some Western conference style hockey on, on the devils and maybe just, just pound them into a pulp and take a, take a gritty win against the devils. But the Sabres could do that too. Like they play that similar style of that as well. So I, I think a win against Jersey just sets up Friday as a, you know, kind of throwaway game. You don't want to call any games throwaway games, but you can get a win against Jersey. It makes it a lot easier to play against Buffalo. It's a tough month, tough end to the month for the Jets. There's not really a whole lot of off matchups when you, when you look at the schedule for them. So, I mean, yeah, like if, if, if you're going to get gifted a, an absolute beauty in the devil's top two centermen being out potentially. Yeah. Take advantage of that. Grab the two points. I mean, Buffalo gives up a ton of chances, so there's going to be opportunities in that one, no doubt about it. I mean, look, they, they can run the table here, right? Bounce back from a tough loss against Dallas, wins against a banged-up New Jersey team, followed by Buffalo and Arizona. That's massive, heading into some tough games for the club uh, near the tail end of the month here. So it starts off with New Jersey, and then uh, Buffalo, Arizona to wrap things up. And that's where we'll wrap up the episode here. Beauty, good job. We'll get back at it Friday morning, getting ready for that Buffalo Sabres game and breaking down the matchup that will take place against the Devils on Tuesday night, as well as any other news and notes across the NHL that take place between now and then. Until then, though, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. Like I said, we're back at it Friday morning. Until then, enjoy the rest of your work week. Stay safe and have a good time, everybody. Peace.